if you tear down an abandoned building to build a park, you're a hero, right? You'll be celebrated for that. But if you tear down a building with people in it, you're a villain, right? That's a bad thing. You don't want to do that. But both are acts of deconstruction. But one is good, one will be celebrated, and one is destructive and evil and wrong. One is surgical and one is chaos. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about deconstructing our faith, disentangling man's opinions from God's truth. And I am pro-deconstruction. I think that's clear after preaching a whole series on it. I think it needs to happen. I think it will make our faith stronger, more precise, and more clear. But there's a trend to just keep deconstructing everything until nothing is left. A trend to never stop deconstructing. People who never stop deconstructing become destructive and dangerous. Like a surgeon who becomes a human butcher and never knows when to stop cutting, uh, deconstruction without an endpoint becomes madness. And I get it. It's always easier to critique than it is to create. Um, it's easier to notice the problem than it is uh, rather than solve the problem. But I believe deconstruction isn't complete until you build something new where the old shabby thing once stood. At some point, we have to stop deconstructing and start reconstructing. And that's what we're going to talk about today. In 1994, the world's largest implosion of a building took place in Philly. 36,000 sticks of dynamite were used to implode the 2.6 million square foot Sears Distribution Center on Roosevelt, Roosevelt Boulevard. I can't say Roosevelt. 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 Yeah. He's a president, right? I should be able to say that. Um, yeah. Multiple presidents, and I can't say their name. Um, did anyone actually go there when it was the Sears Distribution Center? You were? Oh, really? Was it awesome? It was a cool, okay, Sears, Sears isn't usually that off. They talked about it in this article like it was really great. But once the abandoned building was demolished, there was still a lot of debris to haul off so that something new could be built. And so they now have constructed a Walmart and Home Depot. And I'm like, that's what we got out of that. But you know, um, but now there's a series of shops and restaurants that stand on the land where this abandoned building once stood. Um, and we've actually, we've gone to that Home Depot and like bought stuff there. Deconstruction without any effort to build in the wasteland we just raised is laziness. And I think sometimes we tear everything down and we're like, well, I'm good now. <laughs> and we've got to build something new in its place. Knocking things down is quick and sometimes fun. It's certainly quicker and more fun than building things. But people who always destroy and never rebuild, become cynical and critical, they never celebrate, they never find anything to be thankful for, they become miserable people always looking for the next thing to topple. And there's a word for that, it's called Star Wars fans, right? Like every time Star Wars comes out with something, I'm a Star Wars fan, I get on the message boards, I get on Twitter, and I'm like, they ruined Star Wars again. They ruined again. Why can't Disney get it through their heads what Star Wars actually is about, you know? Are never thankful, never celebrating, I'm always critical. Um, I often play Minecraft with my nephews or with Keen or Clayton, and I found something to be true. If you don't have something to build, you will find something to destroy. And <laughs> as, as I've found, if I don't give my nephews or Keen something to build when they're in my Minecraft world, they will find something of mine to destroy. I've lost a lot of Minecraft cats uh, because some people got bored and decided to burn them. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, my Minecraft pets have all been slaughtered by um, inviting my nephews and maybe some church kids to play Minecraft with me. Um, <laughs> re- revelations here in this message. Um, in the words of King, explosions are awesome. He said I could quote him on that. Explosions are awesome. But you know, if you're going to build something, it's many times very tedious and very slow. It's not flashy. It's a lot more fun to have a big explosion. But I suggest use some of your limited energy in life to joyfully participate in faith, and you might find some of your criticism unfounded. Now, you're going to find some of your criticism was absolutely correct, and you need to deconstruct some things, and there's some issues, and man, the church keeps messing things up. But you might find some of your criticism unfounded. You might find a path forward Because the ultimate end goal of deconstruction isn't total annihilation and destruction. The goal is a new, better construction in the place of what stood there before. At the end of the densest collection of his teachings, a manifesto where Jesus outlines what it looks like to live in love like he did, called the Sermon on the Mount, he includes a helpful story at the end of this that I think is helpful as we think about deconstruction deconstructing and reconstructing. It's in Matthew chapter 7, right at the very end of his Sermon on the Mount, in verses 24 through 27. It says this, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, I think the the takeaway from this is very simple. It's very straightforward, right? Um, Jesus hated sand as much as Anakin Skywalker. You've seen those Anakin Skywalker memes? This was actually a line in the movie. I told you I was a Star Wars fan, right? We're super critical Who thought this was a good line to be in a movie? This is a terrible line. And of course, Hayden Christensen delivered it with all the Oscar-winning acting skills that he has, totally flat and emotionless. Um, No, the takeaway, I know Darby's like, where are you running with this tangent? I don't know, you know, we'll see where it goes. No, the takeaway is not that Jesus hated sand, right? All kidding aside, the story is straightforward and speaks for itself though. Jesus says you're either building on stone, and we've got this nice stone, or we're building on sand. Yeah. Man, I'm glad I'm not the janitor here. Oh, wait, I am. Um, Man, that really landed flat. Sorry. So sand deconstructs. (laughs) You're either building on stone or on sand. Sand deconstructs easily, but stone can stand up to the pressures of modern Life. Jesus says the stone foundation will weather the torrents of our life, and that foundation is practicing the teachings of Jesus. It's what he talked about in Matthew 5-7, through 7, the Sermon on the Mount. So as we rebuild, as we talk about reconstructing our faith, our priority has to be to understand what Jesus teaches, what he demonstrated in his life. And there's many Christian activities that are good activities that aren't wrong, but they aren't necessarily practices of Jesus. And I think that many times we've learned a lot of things that keep us spiritually occupied, but don't actually make us spiritually mature. We've learned a lot of busy work. 
um, Corey Ten Boom said, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. And I know some Christians who are bad, but I also know a lot of Christians who are busy. They're not bad, but they're busy. Our modern churches in many ways are designed to keep us busy with religious duties instead of training us how to practice the teachings of Jesus. Our human tendency is going to be, after deconstructing, sift through the rubble and start to rebuild a new sandcastle, uh, rebuild the same thing we had or something equally as bad with the same materials that we had before. We're going to pick up the sand that collapsed so easily and think, I'll build an even better sandcastle with this next time. And we forget that the tide's going to keep coming in and keep knocking it down. If we build with the same unstable building blocks, even if the outside facade looks completely different, we'll have the same stability issues. And what I see is a lot of people who deconstruct Christianity replace a multitude of unnecessary Christian busyness with a multitude of unnecessary busyness from other religions. They're just rebuilding the same thing, or they're rebuilding something new out of the same weak material. Instead of going to church, they'll go to the gym, or instead of reading their Bible, they'll read spiritual self-help books. One theologian dryly noted that America has deconstructed their Christianity and replaced it with a new faith. And he says, you can see this everywhere. It's a faith that they now follow with a fiercer zeal than they ever followed Christianity. The new, the new religion of America is politics, and people have deconstructed their faith and built a new sand altar out of their political parties. And we see that in all layers of our society right now. The new religion of America is politics. As we reconstruct, though, what I suggest is we build on Jesus, we build on the teachings of Jesus, on the practices of Jesus. Here's something that I've been trying to do the last few years. If I'm not confident that Jesus would say it, I try not to say it. If I'm not confident that Jesus would teach it or be about it, I'm trying to hold those positions looser. I'm trying to be loud about the things Jesus was loud about and quiet about the things that he was quiet about. Jesus says, building on his teachings in Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, he says, this is a firm foundation for your life. Um, most of my early Christian foundation was not based on the Sermon on the Mount. It was based on the Reformation. Um, and the Reformation did a lot of good things. It's uh, the byproduct of the Enlightenment. It encouraged us to get back to the Bible and move away from the tradition. I think it was a deconstruction, and it was good. But also, the Reformation was all concerned about making sure people weren't Catholic. And that's really not been my, my number one issue, right? Like, I don't need to be convinced to not be Catholic, because I wasn't raised that way. I wasn't around it. But because so many churches have emphasized teachings of the Reformation that were more interested in making sure you weren't Catholic, what I found was I wasn't often taught about how to practice the teachings of Jesus. Jesus said building on his teachings means practicing them, not just agreeing with them, not just believing them, but actually doing them. Um, what I find is a lot of times in church we've learned to say, I believe that, but then we don't do it. You know, it would be like saying, I believe I need to go on a diet or I'm going to die, but I continue to eat really, really poorly. Um, do I really believe it? You know, like, you don't believe it until you actually practice so first, let me say, deconstructing is long, emotionally tiring, exhausting work, 
Give yourself some time to rest before you rebuild. It's not an instant thing. It took time to deconstruct. It will take even longer to rebuild. Be sure that every piece you build with is stone and not sand. You don't have to rush to rebuild, but you do have to rebuild at some point. Because if you don't, what you're going to find is you start sorting through the sand and you start rebuilding. If you don't rebuild intentionally with stone, you'll start unintentionally rebuilding with sand. Now, it might feel impossible or insurmountable at times to rebuild, but in the words of that ancient theologian, Bob the Builder, can we fix it? Yes, yes we can. Right? Man, the jokes are terrible this week. Um, Jesus, after all, is the one who said, hey, side note, by the way, have anyone seen the new Bob the Builder? I looked up this because this was the Bob, Bob the Builder that I knew and remembered. The new one's CG, and he's like, he's like this Hulk. Like, he's like super massive and buff, and he doesn't look, it's just scary. You should look it up. Um, anyways, Jesus, after all, is the one who said, and this is in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, are you tired worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced, unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. When I read that invitation in Matthew 11, I'm like, yes, that's what I want. I am tired and worn out and many times burned out on religion. I want to get away with Jesus, recover my life. I want to watch him and work with him and follow his example. After deconstruction, I think it's really important that we're honest with ourselves, honest with God, and honest with the people who love us best. Sometimes deconstruction means admitting that the ways you were told to know and experience God haven't worked for a long time. I think a lot of times uh, people are told like, hey, this is a good avenue to encounter God. And they're like, well, everybody else seems to be doing it. It just doesn't work for me. I'll just keep trying it and maybe one day it'll click. I think that um, one of the most compelling aspects of Christianity is how it adapts to every culture in the world. Like most religions, when they go to a different culture, they, they enforce their culture onto different people groups. But Christianity around the world actually um, adapts to different people groups. The churches I attended when I was in India looked very different than our services, where they met, how they did things. But you know what? Even when they were singing in a different language, I understood their shouts to Jesus and their prayers to Jesus. They were all about Jesus. Even though things looked different and sounded different and were laid out different, they met differently. Um, there are ways of doing church that no one has thought of yet because Christianity is a big umbrella and there's ways of implementing the teachings of Jesus and ways of practicing the presence of God that no one has thought of yet. Find the best way for you to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. And so rebuilding after deconstructing may mean like, hey, I'm going to take some different approaches to try to encounter Jesus and be with Jesus and do what Jesus did. For many of us, we were never taught to practice the spiritual disciplines of Jesus. We were taught to agree with Jesus' teachings in our heads, but never to actually move our hands to mimic his behaviors and attitudes and practices. Our churches taught us to memorize facts, but not to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And I think many of us have a weak faith because we've never practiced 
a pattern of silence and solitude, continuous prayer, simplicity, these things that we see Jesus live out and teach in the Gospels. Um, the last few weeks, especially, pandemic shifting, you know, war in Ukraine, all the ups and downs of everyday life, I felt this anxiety, this low-grade anxiety, like building, building, simmering inside of me, and I'm like, I'm about to explode. Like, what is this? You know, like, what's going on? And I realized, oh yeah, my practice of each week turning off my cell phone and practicing a, uh, a Sabbath rest where I like shut down from the internet and I just focus on enjoying what's good about the world, I've let that go. I haven't done that for a while. My things where I would stop each morning and I would pray this little prayer to start my day. I've continued to pray throughout the day, but I haven't started my morning with this prayer that I always prayed when I came into work. I've just kind of let it go. I've got too busy. I've got distracted. You know, my things where I'm like, each week I'm going to try to simplify and get less. And instead of trying to fill the anxious hole inside of me with more stuff, I'm going to give something away and find more contentment with what I have than what I don't. I stop that. And what I found is I'm still up here talking about the spiritual disciplines of Jesus. I'm still believing in them. I think they're true and they'll make our, our faith stronger. But the last few weeks, I haven't practiced them. And as a result, I'm like, I'm really anxious and I don't know why. But I know when I practice these things, that anxiety goes away. It's so easy to say, man, the spiritual teachings of Jesus sound so good. I'm all for them and not actually practice them. I think many times the problem isn't that God isn't near or isn't speaking to us. The problem is I have my eyes closed and my AirPods turned up to max to drown him out. Now, next week, I'm going to talk about in our online service how to implement a structured building plan to construct the practices of Jesus in your everyday schedule. Because sometimes it's like, so how do I start practicing silence and solitude and simplicity and prayer? How do I, how do I get these things into my life? So I'm going to talk about that next week, just a real practical. But one of the most common things I see in people who begin to deconstruct is they begin to isolate themselves when they rebuild. Um, we have a picture up here of the Assumption of Maria Church. It's a beautiful church. It's in Slovenia, and uh, it's on an island. You can only reach it by boat. So it's this beautiful church in the middle of a lake. And it's really hard to get to. It's beautiful, but inaccessible. And that's what a lot of us will be tempted to rebuild as we reconstruct after deconstructing. Um, we oftentimes want to make ourselves the ultimate decision maker about what is true and false, what is sand and stone. People who deconstruct their faith often abandon all connections to communities of faith. And being a disciple of Jesus is more than attending a church or attending a service or belonging to a church, but it also isn't less than that. Like that's a very low starting bar. And if your church is toxic, find another one, but resist the desire to sever yourself from all spiritual community because we need people who will encourage us to rebuild and we need to encourage others to disentangle their faith and rebuild with stone as well. Apprenticeship to Jesus, being a disciple, a follower, it's a group project. Because one of the things that Jesus wants, to, wants us to do is not uh, only live like him, but love like him. And that means being close enough to people to be hurt by them. 
close enough to accidentally hurt other people, but then have love repair those relationships. And finally, for those of you, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're even sitting here, who you're like, you know what? I've deconstructed so far. I'm walking away from faith completely. Forget Christianity. I'm done with it. You've deconstructed so thoroughly, nothing was left. To you, I want to beg you. I want to implore you. Don't give up on Jesus. Read the stories of his life in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Start with a prayer. Jesus, if you're real, reveal your real self to me through this text. I think he'll answer that. Just because you've been hurt by the church or Christians, I'm so sorry for that. But please let me tell you, don't give up on Jesus. Begin to implement the collection of his teachings found in Matthew 5 through 7. See if they work. See if they resonate with reality in an unexpected way. When I practice the spiritual disciplines of Jesus, I find that my anxiety levels go down. Why is that? I think there's a real Jesus, and he really lived the greatest human life of anyone who's ever lived. He really offers his spirit to work in us and empower us to live out his life, to live and love like he did. I think when I live and love like Jesus, I become the best version of Alex I can be. And I think I'm the best employee here at the Art Center, and I'm the best neighbor, and I'm the best community member. I make the world a better place when I become more like Jesus. See if the teachings of Jesus work. See if they resonate with reality in an unexpected way. Find some people who won't judge you for your questions or your doubts or your baggage. People who will encourage you in your pursuit of faith. That's your church. And some of them meet in beautiful buildings and some of them meet in homes and some of them meet in art centers. Some of them meet in coffee shops. But it's the people around you who will encourage you to rebuild and deconstruct and rebuild and deconstruct until you've built a faith out of stone. That's your church. My own personal deconstruction started when I asked three simple questions. How was I taught to define the gospel? How was I taught to define kingdom? And how was I taught to define disciple? Was I taught to define them like Jesus would? like his earliest followers would, like church history would, or was I taught to define them like American Christians had in the last 50 years? I found that the way I was taught to define these words was so different than what I read about in this book and what I saw in church history. I realized I need to pay closer attention to the faith I had built and reconstruct some of it, deconstruct some so that I could reconstruct it. And my own reconstruction started when I sat down and I studied what Jesus actually said and taught and expected of his followers. When I stopped reading the text through the lens of what I thought he should be saying, and I actually looked at what he actually said. I actually took him at his word. See, I believe Jesus is the cornerstone, the firm foundation, and when Christians disappoint me, when churches betray me, when religion makes me cold, I remember Jesus. I return to Jesus. I rebuild on Jesus. Each week we've been ending our message with a dangerous prayer. Here's our prayer this week. Jesus, deconstructing is easier than reconstructing. Give me the energy and the courage to rebuild. As I rebuild, let me avoid the rubble of what I tore down and rebuild on you. You said the Holy Spirit would guide me into all truth. Help me deconstruct the false things I have believed and build my faith on you.
Let's pray as the band comes back up. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving me clarity about who you are and what you are about. And I know that doesn't end with this series. It doesn't end with the last six years of reading and studying and asking questions and praying and waiting for your answers. God, I know that it's a lifelong journey to deconstruct and reconstruct our faith, to keep taking out sand and keep replacing it with stone. But God, I'm so grateful for where you've brought me so far, and I know that you'll take me where I need to be in the days and years ahead. I look forward to our journey together. And Lord, if there's anyone out here who's just been so hurt by church and faith and Christianity that they're like, I'm just done with it all, will you remind them? Will you uh, speak to them? Will you come alongside them and just let them know that you're worth building a faith on? Even if so many times the human trappings that we've built around you are, are terrible examples of what you're like and who you are. We ask, Lord, that you will draw people to yourself.